Well, if you've come ready to receive from the Lord this morning, would you say a good amen? amen. So I'm going to teach today. I don't want to, this, this is a, can be a little heavy, but so I want it to be teaching, not necessarily preaching. I want to talk about the defilement of listening to an evil report. The defilement of listening to an evil report. Turn to Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 19. I'll be reading out of the Amplified Version this morning. If you've come ready to learn, would you just say a good amen? amen. Good. He who goes about as a gossip reveals secrets. Therefore, so there's a thing that you're supposed to do. Here's the information. Here's the action. Therefore, do not associate with a gossip who talks freely or flatters. Now, Lord, I thank you this morning that this word is going to strengthen us as your people. I thank you, Lord, for instruction and wisdom that, Lord, in this day and age, a message like this would help us to walk in your truth and to know how to do it well. May we decrease and may you increase in Jesus' name. Now, much of this message that I'm going to bring this morning is not original to me. It is something that I picked up years ago when I lived in Washington State. So we're talking about 30 years. And I've carried these notes in my files. And when I ran across them, there was an urgency in my spirit to teach it. I found that they are just as important today as they were back then. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down because this is really going to be the very heart of what I want to speak about, and that's these two words. Words matter. Going in and coming out, words matter. They have the power to create and the power to persuade. They have the power to inform or the power to deceive. Words have the power to gather together and inspire or to create fear and separate or scatter. I want you to listen to that because we're watching the enemy do that in our day and age. You are either watching people come together or being pushed apart. Proverbs 18.21 in the Amplified says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of the words. Now, sometimes we look at that word consequence and we think that that just means the bad things. Listen, how many of you understand that you reap what you sow? So if you are speaking life and you are dealing in words that bring life, you will have life. But if you are dealing in words that bring death, you will have the consequences of that. The New Living Translation says the tongue can bring death or life. And those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Those who love to talk. Listen, what we listen to and what we give attention to is just as important as the words that we speak. When God told Israel to possess the promised land, 10 of the 12 spies brought back the Bible calls an evil report and it caused an entire nation to reject the promises of God. I want you to think about that. Ten people, just ten people with a negative report influenced an entire nation. Ten people. Turn to someone and say your words make a difference. Oh, I pray that we would understand that as believers, 
that our words can make a difference for the glory of God or our words can make a difference that impact people for the negative. In Numbers 13, 32, and 33, we see this. And they gave the children of Israel a bad, or the New King James, or the King James says, an evil report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so were we in their sight. I want you to catch this. That people who felt small caused others to feel small. They got caught up in a comparison trap as they looked at what was in the land, they forgot the size of their God. They were so busy looking at what they could see with their eyes that they forgot what God had already done in their life. How many of you have had God do some big things in your life? My prayer is that you and I as believers will never stop forgetting what our God has already done. I want to prophesy this over you this morning. I believe I do with all of my heart that we are about to see God do big things in our nation. I believe we're going to see God do even bigger things in our church and even greater things through each of our lives. If you believe that, say a good amen. Now, I want to finish the rest of that story as we see it. Numbers 14, 1 through 9 says, So all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. Why? Because ten people made them feel small. That night, you ever noticed if, if people who thought they were small made you feel small, it does something to how you have your nights? And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, Let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. Listen, how many of you know sometimes people just drive you crazy enough that you're doing crazy stuff? They tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, which he has, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they're our bread. What they're saying is, we're going to have them for lunch. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Very quickly, before I dive into the heart of this message, I want to remind you of several things that we learned from this. Number one, who we listen to is just as important as what we are saying. 
You could listen to the ten spies or you could listen to the two that understood that if God is for you, who can ever be against you? The next thing we learn is that people are more likely to believe an evil report than they are a good one. This shouldn't shock Christians. I want you to understand that in the times we live, all we hear are bad reports. And as Christians, we are going to bring the report of the Lord that God is for us and not against us. That God loves us. That He wants people to come to salvation. That there is hope, even in the midst of many things that look hopeless. It's important to understand that we are going to need to be consistent with what we say. Mark this down. Many people lack the faith to please God. Ten people gave a bad report, and most of the nation did not believe what the Lord said. They rebelled, the Bible says, against God. How did they rebel? They just simply did the opposite of what he said. He said, go into the land. That's what he said to do. With their own eyes, they looked at what was in the land. Instead of seeing what was good, all they could see was the bad, and so they simply disobeyed. There was no uprising. There was none of this cursing God. They just decided they weren't going to do what he said. That's rebellion. Turn to someone and say, it's that simple. I think we've forgotten what rebellion actually looks like. When God says to do something, you go and you do what he says to do. Another thing that we learn is that more people go with the majority rather than going with the ones trusting God. Church, you're going to need to get used to that in these last days. There will be people that will follow the Lord. There will be people that will go after the things of God. But just because the majority isn't going to follow the things that we say doesn't mean that we don't stop, that we, that we stop doing what God has told us to do. Another thing that I want you to mark down is that people who believe in evil report get worked up very quickly. You ever notice that when an evil report is giving, how people panic? Have you ever noticed that panic really does anybody any good? I love what Ron said to me today. He said, listen, I'm going into the doctor. I've got some things going with my heart, but I'm not going to panic. I said, are you at peace? He said, I'm at peace. God's going to do the work. Aren't you glad? Getting panicked over the report that the doctors have given won't cause you to get better. As a matter of fact, it'll cause you to get worse. I want you to mark this down, if you would. It's important to understand that one of Satan's primary weapons against us is division. And he does this through an evil report, through negative talk, through defeatist talk, through gossip, and through slander. It's important that we understand that's how he works. Listen, think about it. What causes conflicts in families, or churches, or businesses, or a nation, or things get out of control, and people that were once close begin to split? It's an evil report. People who begin to focus on the negative. Listen, I love someone said, focusing on the negative only makes a difficult journey more difficult. What causes close friendships to be broken when neither party offended the other? Why are attempts to restore fallen Christian brothers and sisters often met with defeat? A major reason is a wrong response to an evil report. 
How many of you know when you find out something wrong about somebody, we don't rejoice in the fact that they had a problem or that they fell, but that we can take that knowledge and use it to help bring them closer and bring them back to Jesus Christ? Proverbs 16, 28 in the Amplified says, A perverse man spreads strife, and one who gossips separates intimate friends. The New Living Translation says, A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. And gossip separates the best of friends. Now the Bible's very clear about how we are to deal with givers of evil reports and gossipers. Listen, in our world right now, there is so much gossip. There's so many evil reports. Romans 16, 17 through 18 says, Now I urge you, brethren, note those. Note those. Recognize those who cause division and offenses. Contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words. Now listen, the gossips and those who are causing division really usually don't go around with venom coming out. Smooth words. They're slick. Flattering speech to deceive the hearts of the simple. I want you to notice that those who buy into those who cause divisions and offense and gossip are called simple by God. And I don't know if you notice, that's not a flattering term. God's saying, don't, turn to someone and say, don't be simple. Go ahead, tell them. Listen, I want to tell you, I believe that believers should be kind, gentle, but we are not to be naive. Can someone say a good amen? God never called you to be simple, but to understand a maturity, what you're watching take place. Can I tell you, in this coming election year, you're going to need to have wisdom. And not just for one party, for both. Can I just tell you that? And I'm not here to preach about politics, but you're going to have to watch what's happening. An evil report involves the distortion of the facts or incomplete facts or false information. It's given with wrong motives and causes the hearer to come to inaccurate conclusions and to respond with unscriptural conclusions. It is information used to sway the opinion of others about a situation or a, or a person. It's a report that does not see things the way God does. It leaves out in the equation God's perspective. Those ten spies looked at the land. Were there giants? Yes. Was there great fruit? Yes. Were there a lot of things that they were going to have to face when they went in? Yes, what the ten spies didn't say was, but God told us to go into the land. And if God told us to do it, then we're going to watch giants fall, we're going to watch walls come down, and we're going to watch the blessing of the Lord. Joshua and Caleb were the ones who declared God's ways. Listen, I want to encourage you, Christian, to stop leaving God's ways out of your speech. Whatever we say, whatever we do, even if we are dealing with the reality of something, we need to declare what the Word of God says. At the very end, close what you say with the hope of Jesus Christ. Listen, sometimes an evil report can come dressed as concern. It can come as outright character assassination. 
Listen, I've been in ministry over 30 years now, and I can tell you that many gossip conversations start with the phrase, I want you to know this so that you know how to pray for so-and-so and for the situation. Listen, no matter how you dress it up, that's still gossip. Now, the Bible says that wrongdoing should never be covered up. And that it should be brought to the attention of those who are responsible and dealt with in a scriptural manner. A few years back, I ran across a saying that I love. And that's this. It takes a lot of guts to stop a gossip mid-sentence. I love that. I love people with guts. I love people who have the chutzpah to stop those who are giving an evil report right in their tracks. Listen, it gets on their nerves and it is not a popular thing to do, but I will tell you if you will be filled with the Holy Ghost and obey God's word, you will have a lot of fun with it. I've got to tell you when people start and they begin to share that, I love to stop them and say, hey, listen, is this something I actually need to know? Is this something you're actually concerned about? Is this something that really you should even be saying. Most people won't do it because they're more worried about offending the gossip than what the gossip is doing. And they're more concerned about how the gossip will feel than the one that's being talked about. And they don't even consider what it's doing to them. I found too that many people are slow on the draw. They don't realize what's happening until it's already happened. And then once it happened, they don't feel they should confront because they really don't like confrontation. But once you realize what's been done, it's important that you know what to do. I found that the reason many people don't stop a gossip is because their flesh is curious about what's being said. And so they let them go because it feels good in a really bad way. Oh, I want to tell you half the stuff that you're watching on the news, you should be turning off. It doesn't matter. Half the things that we're seeing going on in the body of Christ, when you hear about someone that's going through things, instead of actually going to help bring healing, we just indulge what's being said. If you're taking notes, put it down. It's important to understand that the percept of a gossip and an evil report is to defile the hearer. I don't like to be defiled. I don't want to. Proverbs 18.8 in the Amplified says, The word of a whisperer or a gossip are like dainty morsels to be greedily eaten. They go down into the innermost chambers of the body to be remembered and mused upon. That means they get in there and they don't go away. I ran across a quote. I just posted it the other day on Facebook. I love it. It says, gossip is the ego demanding to feel important when one has nothing important to say. Ouch. Gossip does more than affect our ears. A bad report, an evil report, what these spies did, did more than just affect what they heard. It defiled. And to defile means to make unclean, to mar, to spoil, to desecrate that which is holy, to make impure or corrupt. How many of you have been made holy because of the blood of Jesus? 
I don't want anything to come in over what the blood has done to me. Listen, I'm so thankful for the blood of Jesus that makes me clean, and I really want to stay that way. How many of you feel the same way this morning? All of us have walked away from certain conversations that we either initiated or we were involved in and felt dirty. One sure sign that you are involved in a conversation that is designed by the enemy to defile you is the sense of uneasiness that you feel and the dirt you know that is not just on you, but now is in you. And right now, gossip and evil reports have become a cottage industry. There are entire programs dedicated to destroying people or sharing the latest juicy details on people. As a matter of fact, most of the news that's dispensed is no longer informational. It's dedicated to the negative. There's something negative for everyone, from every walk of life, from every side of the political aisle. And like tasty trifles, we gobble up evil reports, whether they are true or whether they are not. And one of the things that an evil report does many times is offer the truth of a negative or bad situation, and then it just leaves it at that. There's no solution. There's no resolve. There's no hope. There's no ability to solve the problem. It just brings like a big truckload of garbage and dumps it on you and then walks away. And right now we see this every day. We see the evil being done right in front of our eyes and we turn it on and we don't turn away and we're left with the impression that there is nothing that we can do about it and there is nothing that anybody can do about it and then we go and talk to everybody about it and it just gets deep inside of us and it defiles us and we defile others because we become commiserators and distributors of the evil report. Matthew 15, 11 says, It is not what goes into the mouth of a man that defiles and dishonors him, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles and dishonor him. Listen, nothing makes you feel more helpless, hopeless, defiled, or taken advantage of, frustrated and unclean, like being told bad news, and then there being no solution. I don't know, have you watched... Have you seen this like I have happening in our society? I want to remind you, church, that there is always hope in Jesus. There is always a way with Jesus. There is always a victory with Jesus. He is our hope. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And it's important that we understand that there is hope in the Lord. Listen, the most hopeless person, when they are given the gospel of Jesus Christ, be even as a seed, it begins to plant something inside of them and begins to stir up the life of Jesus. If those ten spies had just looked at an entire nation and said, it looks bad to us, but God said we could go in. Even if it took them a couple weeks to come to figure it out. Even if it took them a little while to seek the face of God, eventually that good news would have led them into the promised land. Instead, an entire generation never got to enter in. Today we think it's part and parcel of everything to criticize everything about everybody. 
Today in our political discourse, it's par for the course for people on opposite sides and even the same sides to call each other names and belittle them just because they're being challenged for a position that they want. We shouldn't be part of that. We now think it's normal. It's not. It's wicked. It should have no place among Christians. Understand that character assassinations have become so common that when we address real character issues, real crimes, real sin, that Satan makes it look just like another attack instead of a dealing with true problems. Our heart cry should be like that of David who said in Psalm 19.14, Let the words of my mouth, let the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Turn to someone and say, I want my mouth to be like Jesus. Go ahead, tell someone. Can you imagine what would happen if the Christians of this world would just begin to speak like Jesus? Can you imagine if we would begin to proclaim the words of God and the report of the Lord instead of repeating everything that we see going on in the world? Listen, I know it's the middle of summer and I'm bringing something a little heavy this morning, a little bit of a teaching, but I want to tell you, my desire is to see as we get through this summer something so inside of us, the way we speak, the way that we talk, the way that we listen, the way that we communicate becomes more and more like Jesus. Here's the good news. God is our strength and our Redeemer. He's the one who gives us the strength to be able to speak like Him. He's the one that gives us the strength to be able to redeem a conversation that started out in the wrong way, that we can turn it around. It's the Lord who gives us the strength to begin to redeem a gossip or someone who's bringing a negative report and always saying, I don't see how God can work in this, when we stop them right in the middle of their tracks and to begin to declare the word of the Lord. Listen, i got to tell you, it takes strength to do that. Someone who's going through a hard time, someone who's going through a negative time, and they, all they can do is rehash the negative because that's all that's going on. I want to tell you when I spoke with those Ukrainian refugees, the things they're facing are remarkable. We're facing things. But when you've been separated by your family because... When you got to the processing center, they sent some of them to Poland, some of them to Hungary, some of them to Denmark, and now you're separated. And they're saying, all I can see, I don't know how we're ever going to get back together. I don't know how God can work in this. When the country that they're in sees that maybe the war might be ending, and now eventually you're going to have to go back. But what to? A blown up city. Listen, can I tell you, when you hear those things coming, they don't need to just hear it's going to be okay. But they need to hear that Jesus will make a way. And you need to be able to speak those things in the power and the might of the Lord, what the enemy meant for evil, the destruction that Satan came to bring. We need to be able to see that God is the Redeemer who takes what was not good and begins to restore it to a place more beautiful than you could ever imagine or at least bring good out of what was bad. They may not be able to see it. 
You may need to cry with them for a while. You may need to enter into that grieving that they're grieving in. But out of that grief, the Bible says we don't mourn as those who don't have hope. How many of you know that no matter what bad situation you are in, there is always hope in Jesus Christ? Turn to someone and remind them that, if you would. There is always hope in Jesus. We need to guard not only what's coming in, and out of our mouth, but what we're listening to, and then what we're meditating on, and what we're thinking about. You see, one of the reasons that this tool of Satan is so effective is that many who are ignorant, they're ignorant of what Satan's doing when he's employing this tool. This is a lack of discernment. And I want to remind you that discernment comes from wisdom and the giver of wisdom. That's the Holy Spirit. Ignorance is simply being unaware of the destructive power of untrue or distorted distorted words and lies or truths that we have no reason to know. Do you know there are just some things it's okay not to know? People go, did you know that? I don't want to know. I really don't. Don't tell me. Do you know this about this person? I don't and I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm not supposed to. 2 Corinthians 2 once says, least Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. The New Living Translation says, Oh, that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. Many people are ignorant of what constitutes an evil report or what is considered Gossip. Many are unaware of the powerful and destructive words of this particular scheme of the devil. And the truth is that many people think it's not a big deal. I love how the Lord puts things together because as I was preaching Wednesday, this verse came up, and then here it happens to be here on Sunday morning. How many of you know that's not a mistake? I prepare weeks ahead of time, and Wednesday we just go and preach that lesson until we figure out where we are doing, and we just preach until it's done. But here we are on Sunday, James 3, 6, I read this Wednesday, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. I said this on Wednesday, I want to remind you the reason when the disciples were baptized in the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, the first thing that they got a hold of was the tongue of the disciples, and they began to speak the praises of God. Listen, I would rather my tongue be set on fire by heaven than on fire by hell. Come on, someone say a good amen. I want the fire of God to burn, to purify what's coming out. I want the fire of God, the anointing of the Lord, to minister to people through what's being said. I don't want the fires of hell to come out of my mouth. You ever watch when people are talking and you can just see the flames? I remember someone was saying something one time and I just stopped them in the middle. I said, what you're saying is coming straight from hell. And then you want to see the fire? It didn't just come out their mouth. It came out their eyes, out their ears. They just got all bent. I don't know why Christians are afraid of people getting all bent out of shape. Because that's got to become clear to some people that they're just in the wrong. I don't take it personally. Go ahead, get bent. 
Have fun bending yourself in all kinds of ways. Get contorted. Have a good time. I'm straight. Mm. Some of you are looking at me like, I don't even understand all that. Do you know that you can have peace while people are burning? God called us to put out the fires. Here's some things that we need to be aware of when we're talking about an evil report. If you still with me for a couple more minutes? Number one, an evil report and gossip, that just destroys close friendships. Proverbs 17.9 says, He who covers and forgives an offense seeks love. But he who repeats or gossips about a matter separates intimate friends. I love the Bible says that his blood covers a multitude of sins. Can I tell you, when you find out things about people, you shouldn't be telling everybody about what's going on. You should help cover it. I'm not saying that, you know, if a, and I'm not talking, listen, if this preacher ever gets out of line, everyone should know about it and I should be removed from the pulpit. Someone say a good amen. That's just the way it should be. But our job is to restore. When people go through hard things or make stupid choices or sin against God or sin against others, our job isn't to go around and tell everybody what's going on. Our job is to bring them to the Lord and see it covered by the blood. The next, an evil report and gossip causes the unclean to defile the clean rather than the clean influencing the unclean. I like to be clean. My wife laughs. I do not like to be dirty. I'll get dirty, then I get clean. I don't like to be. I can get dirty. I can do hard work. I'm not afraid of hard work, but I'd rather be clean than dirty. Anyone else there? I mean, there's just some people who like to be dirty. I mean, they walk in, they're all nasty, they're sweaty, they're dirty, and they sit on their couch. That's nasty. i got certain people in my family who are like that. I won't tell you who they are. Some of you might have an idea. I should cover that over, but I guess I didn't. Anyway, here we go. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Listen, I'm going to do everything I can to help draw you into the character of Christ, but if you're going to insist on being that way, I'm not looking to be corrupted. I've had people that I was close to in my life that became negative. They were bad reports. They didn't follow the word of God. They simply weren't in it. And the Lord said, why do you keep being there? It's beginning to mess with you. Every time you walk away from the conversation, you feel worse. Every time you walk away from them, you feel unclean. Every time you walk away, and he said, you are. You are not influencing from the good. The bad's beginning to get all over you, and you need to stop being in that. Listen, you can bring them the life of Jesus. They could choose to walk under that fountain that is one wonderful flows from Emmanuel's veins and will wash them in the blood of Christ. But if they don't want to and they ain't going to, you don't have to stay there and get corrupted. The truth is many people are ignorant of an evil report and gossip what it looks like until it happens. Understand that it's an unauthorized or distorted or false report that begins to influence and cause you to form an evil opinion about someone else it could be slander or untruths or lies. It could be truth given to someone who has no business knowing those facts. 
It's information that's given with no desire to restore or to heal. One of the things that I ask God is that this church would just be a place of healing. It's become that. Aren't you thankful for that? Not just the miracle of physical healing, but the miracle of people that have been devastated by life, that have been hurt by others that are doing, and that God can heal. Evil reports and gossip, they're communicated by words, by facial expressions, by gestures, by tonal patterns. They can be subtle or obvious. They can be quiet or angry. They can be sweet. They could be bitter. It's important that we do it. Now, I want you to get this. Giving evil report is a part of the fallen nature of every person. Every one of us has it in us. And the Bible lists how that looks by pointing out several ways that it's done. Turn to someone and say, you have it in you. Go ahead, tell them. I know it's July. That's why I'm asking you to talk to someone. I'm trying to make sure that in the summer you're staying with me. You have it in you. First of all, the Bible calls him a whisperer. A person who just quietly passes on an evil report. Did you know what they did? (laughs) The Amplified says, for lack of wood, the fire goes out. And when there is no whisperer, someone who gossips, Contention quiets down. If we just quit talking so much. The whisper quietly causes contention. Even the word whisper conjures up images of subtlety, of secretiveness. It seems sincere. It seems maybe even helpful. You see, a shouter gets immediate attention, whether good or bad, but the whisperer takes a more discreet route. They're quiet. And insidious. Can you imagine if you had the guts when someone said, hey, did you see what they did? If you actually looked at them and went, no, and I don't want to (laughs) know. Listen, I believe this. When the Holy Ghost filled Christians, there was a boldness that came upon them. And they became witnesses for him in Jerusalem, Judea, and all Samaria, just like we would in all the world. There should be a boldness that is inside Christians to do things the way that God's word says they should be done. Listen, can you imagine if we would walk in that kind of thing? Another word we've been using is gossip. It's one who magnifies rumors or partial information. Proverbs 16.28 says, A perverse man spreads strife, and one who gossips separates intimate friends. And these are the people who want to be in the know. They feel that information gives them an advantage. It gives them attention. It gives them control, regardless of the damage that it does to people. Understand, you can't deal with that gently. You have to deal with that directly. The other thing the Bible calls them is a slanderer. One who seeks to destroy another person's credibility or reputation with damaging facts, a distortion of the facts, or, or evil suspicions. 
Numbers 14.36 says, Now the man who Moses sent to spy out the land, who returned and made all the congregation complained against him by bringing a bad report of the land. Listen, don't miss this. Slanderer have an agenda to ruin people. They're jealous, they disagree of the one they're afraid of. Notice that those ten spies began to turn on Moses, who was told to leave. Dad, Mom, understand that sometimes people will tell your children, well, listen, your parents are this and that, and they act this way and that way, and they will might turn against you. Listen, don't let them turn against you. Don't even worry about that. You just begin to stand in the authority that God gave you. This wasn't Moses' plan. It was God's plan. But people went after the one implementing God's plan. That could be a father, a mother, a school teacher, a pastor, a police officer, or a politician. But that becomes the purpose. We've, we've had a whole country that's turned against our law enforcement officers. Can I tell you, 99.9% of our law enforcement officers are incredible men and women of God. Does every profession have a few? Can we give that praise? But we've tried to turn a whole country against them by slandering them. They do a good job. Listen, if a cop pulls me over because I've been speeding and gives me a ticket, I deserve it. I was speeding. Do I want the ticket? No. Do I want to pay the ticket? No. Do I deserve the ticket? Yes. It's the law. He's doing their job. I don't need to turn around and go, well, you know that cop, he did this and that, he said this and that, and he was that way. If he was just sitting, you know. And I've heard people say, well, he's just a Jupiter cop. He didn't have nothing better to do. He got a whole lot better to do than to rule you over. You were speeding. Thank God for our officers. Thank God for people that will stand up and do things. Take a risk. I love this next word that the Bible used, a busybody. Any of you know a few busybodies? One who digs up an evil report, they get in everyone's business. They make their business their business. And then they spread their business to everybody else who has none of their business to know their business. The Bible says that such an action is as great a sin as being a murderer or stealing. 1 Peter 4.15 says, But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. You just need to mind your own business. Turn to someone and say, mind your business. Go ahead, tell them right now, mind your own business. Listen, understand this, and it's important that we get it. This really helps us to examine ourselves. Everyone who gives an evil report or gossips has a motivation. Let me say it again. Everyone who gives an evil report or gossips has a motivation. Doesn't that cause you to examine your own heart? For the spies, you want to know what their motivation was? Fear. They were afraid. They didn't want to do what God said to do. They were afraid to do it. So they wanted everyone else to be afraid so they weren't alone. That was their motivation. They were cowards. Ten cowards. Got everybody else to be afraid. I love that Joshua and Caleb called them what they were. Don't listen to them. Christian, just because 
something is right doesn't mean that it won't take great courage to stand up for it. My prayer is that men and women of God in this day and age are going to be people of great courage. When I was talking to the, to the bikers on uh, Thursday night, and there were ladies there too, but the Lord had told me to challenge them as men. And I took to them what I've been teaching to the men the last couple of weeks. What does it mean to be a man? And one of the things that men are and people of God are are people of courage. In Revelation, it said, listed among all the things of the people that would not enter the kingdom of heaven, at the top of the list, it started the list, the cowardly, the adulterer, the murderer, the thief, the liar, at the very top was cowardly. And I remember looking through that, and I said, God, you want me to bring that to a bunch of Vikings who are over here from Norway and Sweden? And I got to tell you, there was a group from Norway that walked in. I thought they were the Hell's Angels when they came in. Uh, They had come in a little late. Their bikes pulled up outside the church. Dude walked in. I mean, these guys were hardcore looking. I mean, they looked like descendants of the Vikings. They walked in, and they had gauges in their ears. They had the, you know, they just looked like hardcore bikers. I thought Hell's Angels walked in, and I'm like, God just said, now are you going to preach, or are you going to be soft? Don't be a coward. I went, thank you, Lord. And then when I was done, I found out they were actually the, uh, the Christian group out of Norway. I've got pictures with them on Facebook. You ought to check them out. They were awesome men of God. They were so cool. I loved them. When I first saw them, I was like, oh. And then, you know, what was interesting were the, the banditos and the hell's angels that came to the group. They were all clean cut. They looked good. They were like, we're going to cause trouble and you won't think it's us. But at the top of that list, you need to know what the motivation was. For them, it was fear. Sometimes the motivation could be bitterness. The motivation may be rebellion, justifying an independent spirit, deception so that other people won't believe what is the truth. It might be pride, the motivation to exalt yourself, or guilt so that people don't, you can justify your past actions, or envy because you want what others have, so you'll bring an evil report so people will think good. Understand that Satan uses evil reports. He'll use it to discredit leadership, spiritual leadership, to cause Christians to close their spirit to each other. He'll use it to multiply conflicts and produce more ungodliness. He'll use it to prompt non-Christians to mock Christianity and to reject Christ. Listen, there are ways that you can detect the carrier of an evil report or gossip. Are you ready? First, A carrier of an evil report will usually test your spirit before giving you the evil report. And any evidence of a compatible spirit in you will encourage them to go further. Did you hear about this? Testing. What do you think? Why do you want to know what I think? Maybe you don't need to know what I think. Secondly, a carrier will usually check your acceptance of his report before giving it to you. They may do this by asking your opinion about the person. What do you think about them? Or dropping a negative comment and observing how you respond to it. A carrier will often get you to ask for the evil report by creating curiosity for it. Some starters are 
Have you heard about them? Wait till I tell you about. Wait, what about them? Can we pray about? Why are we going to pray for them? Now you've asked. You've given them permission to tell you. Hmm. A carrier may use an evil report to get you to admire him or her because of being on the inside and having access to privileged information. Can I tell you, I love people who are close to people and they have information, but they refuse to divulge it. Don't you respect people like that? People who you know know stuff, but they ain't telling you. Hmm. It's important that we know how God expects us to respond to an evil report. And the reason that this tactic of the enemy is so effective is because many people refuse to deal with it biblically. I want to give you that quote again. It takes a lot of guts to stop a gossip mid-sentence. Psalms 101.5 says, Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him... I will silence. That's practical. Be quiet. The one who has a haughty look and a proud, arrogant heart, I will not tolerate. Listen, I'm not putting up with this. I don't want to know. You need to be quiet. It's okay to say that. Well, that's not nice. God didn't tell you to be nice. He called you to be biblical. As a matter of fact, a sermon that I'm preparing to preach in October is called Not Nice But Kind. Now, like all other sins, this tactic only thrives when it's permitted and tolerated. It says, I will not tolerate. Stop tolerating an evil report. Stop tolerating a gossip. Now listen, those who stop a gossip will be called intolerant. Those who stop an evil report will be called intolerant. Call me intolerant all day long. I just want to be biblical. As long as I'm following the word of God, then I'm in the right. Now, my communication of that should be done in love. It should be done in truth. It should be done. But sometimes you've just got to say what it is. Ephesians 5, 10, and 11 says, Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Sometimes troublemakers need to be exposed for what they are. If they will not receive what's being done, you need to let other people know what's being done. And of course, they will then call you a gossip yourself. And you say, no, the Bible says to note those who cause divisions. Christians have a hard time with that. We shouldn't. And then it says, I'm going to read Romans in a minute. It says, but you know how you shut up a gossip? Call them out. Stop trying to protect it and bring out the secrets and make them known. And most of us won't do this because it does take courage and guts and more concern about what God thinks than what the gossip thinks. All too often we protect the gossip or the evil report instead of the ones that are being talked about. Just stop it. If you really want to pray for them and restore them, we can do that together. But we don't need to tell people. Romans 16, 17 says, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned. And watch this last part. And avoid them. 
didn't say cast them out of the church. It just says avoid them. In the workplace, how do you stop those people that are doing all that? Avoid them. How do they know that you're avoiding them? Because they're lonely. You've told them, they didn't listen. Now you walk away from them. Turn to someone and say, know how to walk away. I love that. Listen. And then they always come back, but why? 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 And they start whining. Why? Everyone, no one wants to be around me. No one wants to say, no one talks to me. No one does that. Listen. Do you understand how practical that is? If you avoid division causers, if you avoid those that are evil report givers, if you walk away from them. Listen, people are already learning that if you turn off a television station and don't watch it, they're being avoided. They start trying to do things differently. Walk away. It makes a difference. If you don't believe that, ask Bud Light. I know this sounds profound, but gossip and evil reports gain no traction if no one's listening. To quote a prophet in our midst, shut it down. That's Pastor Kevin, for those of you who don't know. That's his thing, shut it down. Listen, there's some powerful questions that you can shut down a gossip. What's your reason for telling me? Where did you get your information? Listen, people who refuse to identify the source of information is a sure sign of an evil report. Have you gone to those directly involved and talked to them? You see, spirituality is not measured by how well we expose an offender, but how we effectively restore an offender. Galatians 6, 1 and 2 says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual. Is there anyone spiritual in here today? should restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burden, and so fulfill the law of Christ. We need spiritual people, not fleshly. Listen, my prayer today is that we would understand that one report, ten spies, caused millions of people to miss out on the promises of God And the Bible says it affected an entire generation. An entire generation. Think about that. An entire generation. That's how devastating an evil report can be. God said to possess the land. I want to ask you this morning, whose report do you believe? As for me, we'll relieve the report of the Lord. Listen, I believe that this is such an important message. I know I took some time to deliver it this morning. How many of you got something out of it? Listen, let's purpose to shut down the enemy this morning. And let's purpose not to give him a foothold. Would you stand with me, please? You okay? Hallelujah. Listen, how many of you just desire to walk in wisdom this morning? Father, this morning I thank you for your word. And today we choose to believe the report of the Lord. I pray that in this church we would be people who are more like Joshua and Caleb than like the other ten. Lord, I pray that in our community that the people of this church would be very different. 
And we understand that all it takes is 10 to influence an entire people. So Lord, within this building, there are more than that. We have the ability to change the communities that we live in, the people that we associate with. We have the power to change the workplace that we're at. We have the power through the knowledge of God to make a difference in our church, to make a difference in our families. And Lord, I pray that we would walk in this wisdom. Lord, I pray right now for each one in this place to have courage. I pray that, God, you would allow us not to be simple or naive, but, Lord, to be people that are so filled with understanding. In every area that we see this become a part of things, that we would walk as those that are not ignorant of the enemy's devices. I pray for those right now that have been involved in some of that. They have been involved in the gossip. They've been involved in the evil report. I pray for cleansing right now in Jesus' name. Listen, if that's you, would you just receive that now? Father, I pray that you would just cleanse and give our minds the refreshing of the Word of God. I pray that you would help us to be dealers and not negative information, but purveyors of hope, purveyors of the ways of God, purveyors that take into every situation we are in the very life of Jesus. That instead of speaking death, we would always speak life. And I thank you for doing that over each one. Lord, as we step into the summer, as we step into the rest of the week, I pray your blessing on each one in this place this morning. May you be glorified. May you be exalted in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, have a wonderful afternoon. Go outside. Enjoy the heat until the rain comes. And we'll see you Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. God bless you.